0: Happy Friday my faithful friends. You remember in the previous episode this week, we were talking about the parallel between gardening and leadership. Today we're going to look at a biblical picture of the gardener and where it shows up in scripture. Welcome to the Gracefield Leader podcast. Do you want better work-life balance? Do you get stuck in patterns of perfectionism and people-pleasing? Have you always been an overachiever, but never really feel good enough, no matter how much outward success you achieve? Hi, I'm Tanya, a wife, mom, leader, Christian life coach, and Jesus lover. For most of my life, I tried to find worthiness through achievement, but no matter how hard I worked or how much I achieved, I never felt like I was enough. I was left burned out, empty, and exhausted. I had no time or energy for myself or my family. I needed balance. I needed peace. I finally started to live like an unconditionally loved daughter of the King, saved by grace. This Faith-led podcast will teach you self-care routines and practical leadership strategies to help you navigate life and leadership. If you're ready to stop people-pleasing and start living and leading God's way, This podcast is for you. Unbutton your blazer, sister friends. It's time to get after it. Monday we talked about how leadership is like gardening, how it's important to understand the environment you are working with and take the necessary steps to prepare the soil and tend to the plants if you want them to produce good fruit. Our teams, of course, are like the gardens, who need tending to if we want them to produce their best fruit. Well, this picture of a garden caused me to think about a couple of places we see a garden and a gardener in biblical history. Think about the very first garden, the Garden of Eden. God had given Adam responsibility of the garden, to tend to it and to reign over it. Adam was the first gardener. The Garden of Eden was a perfect place filled with abundance. It had every provision Adam and Eve would ever need to live a perfect and eternal life. God actually intended man to live in fellowship with him in abundance for eternity from the beginning. Adam and Eve could eat from any tree in the garden. They could eat from the tree of life, which offered life for eternity. The only exception was that they were forbidden to eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Before the fall, Adam and Eve knew no sin. They were unashamed, but out of love, God gave Adam and Eve free will. Prior to the fall, Adam and Eve were in fellowship with God. They knew no separation from him. This is what God's initial and eternal plan was and is for man, to live abundantly and in fellowship with him. Eden was a picture of God's great love. He provided everything we need. But, much like our earthly parents, he expected obedience. We could have enjoyed a life of plenty, unexposed to the knowledge of sin, for eternity. But, given free will, Eve was tempted, and she failed the test. She saw the shiny object, if you will, the idea of knowing all that God knows, and she gave in to temptation. Likewise, she tempted Adam, and he gave in to temptation. It wasn't until then that they suddenly realized that they were naked and they were ashamed. They attempted to hide their bodies and to hide from God. Because of their disobedience to God, Adam and Eve broke their close relationship with God through sin and were sent away from the Garden of Eden. In love, God sent them away unable to eat from the tree of life and to endure the consequences of their disobedience. But out of love, God already had a plan that would allow man to again be in relationship with him and would have access to eternal life. And that, of course, would come through Jesus Christ and his death on the cross. After the fall During Old Testament times, we see many examples of man's disobedience and God's judgment. But we're also forewarned of a Savior yet to come. Well, hundreds of years later, entered Jesus, a man who lived among us, sinless, but amongst sinners. He was fully human while also being fully God. He worked as a carpenter among men for about 30 years and then began planting seeds of what was yet to come through his ministry prior to the crucifixion. He ministered to the people and gathered disciples who would be called to spread the message of the gospel. He ultimately paid the price for the sins of all mankind, past, present, and future. He died so that we might have the opportunity to reunite in relationship with God. Remember, Adam and Eve caused separation, because of sin, from God. And here's where we get back to the garden significance. A few days prior to Jesus' crucifixion, we see in John chapter 12, verse 24, Jesus saying, "...unless a seed falls into the ground and dies... It remains alone, but if it dies, it bears much fruit. So, scientifically speaking, a seed has to die to its previous form in order to become a plant that will bear fruit. Much like that, we have to die to sin in order to have new life in Christ. Now, after Jesus dies on the cross, where is he buried? He's buried in a garden. What is a garden? Well, a garden is a place to cultivate and grow living things. How ironic that this is where Jesus is buried. Perhaps we see this death and burial as a planting of a seed, a holy seed that is planted in a garden that will bring forth the first fruit of resurrection. Jesus is raised on Easter Easter. After he has risen from the dead and the tomb is empty, but before he ascends to heaven, do you recall who first sees Jesus? Mary Magdalene. And do you recall who she first thought he was? John chapter 20 verses 14 and 15 tell us, Mary Magdalene turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not know it was Jesus, supposing him to be The gardener. Hmm. Jesus as a gardener. Do you think this is just coincidence? Or perhaps some significance? Adam was created in the Garden of Eden, assigned as gardener of the land, but along with Eve, sinned and started the story of sinful man. A fall from grace that resulted in a separation from God. The first Adam failed in his task as gardener. Jesus was raised from the dead and first appeared in a garden, mistaken for a gardener. God, in the form of a gardener, was walking in the garden with his beloved daughter, making a way for new life and restoration of fellowship with God. Unlike Adam, Jesus will succeed as gardener the cultivator of new life for those who believe. Gardeners work in the dirt to create new life. Jesus isn't afraid of getting elbows deep in the dirt of our lives. He can take our messes and turn them into something beautiful for his glory. If we will put our complete dependence on him to tend to our every need, he will fill us with his spirit and produce good fruit in our lives. And we are told that he's preparing an eternal and perfect place for us. When Jesus comes again, an eternal garden will be restored. John describes in Revelation chapter 21 that there will be a new heaven and a new earth. The holy city, the new Jerusalem, would come down from heaven, for God would now dwell among his people. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death, or mourning, or crying, or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. In chapter 22, we see a vision of what sounds an awful lot like we hear about in the Garden of Eden. It says, On either side of the river is the tree of life, with its twelve kinds of fruit producing its fruit each month. And the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. Nothing accursed will be there any anymore. Remember the tree of life? It bears life-giving fruit, a promise of everlasting life for those who accept the salvation offered through Jesus Christ. Boy, do I want to walk in that garden someday. Nothing accursed will be there any anymore no more pain people just perfect life and fellowship with our good good father i hope this paints a beautiful picture for you as it did for me and with that i hope you have a faith-filled and grace-filled friday my friends i pray this episode blessed you spoke to you or encouraged you in some way if so Please share it with a friend and head on over to Apple Podcasts to leave me a review. That's the only way for me to know if you're enjoying the show. Nothing blesses me more than to hear from you. Also, come on over to our free Facebook community. This is a great place for us to support one another on our faith and leadership journeys. You can find the link to the group in the show notes or go to gracefieldleader.com forward slash community. If you have questions or content ideas for the show, please send me a message on SpeakPipe or via email. Go to gracefilledleader.com forward slash contact and leave a written or voice recorded message. I would love to know how I can best serve you on the podcast. Now to him who can do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. Ephesians 3 verse 20. Until next time, my friends, God bless.